Guys, what's up? Uh, I just want to thank everybody who came out to the NJNAFTO conference today. We did a two and a half hour block for everybody. Uh, a lot of people didn't know who Street Cop Training was. Uh, welcome to the group. I know a lot of you have requested being in the group already. Uh, these are the videos that we give value back to our group members. We ask for nothing in return. We just want to make sure that guys are getting to go out and putting themselves in a position to win. And we're going to answer some group questions this evening. Um, not that I'm I'm at like a loss for what kind of information to give everybody. It's just that. I want to know what you want to hear and what you're stuck on. So I have a few things I can go over, and uh, I'm going to answer them to the best of my ability. I haven't researched any of these things in books. I'm going to do it off the top of my head and my general knowledge of what I have. So uh, first one we have is John Michael. Concept of unforeseeable and spontaneous. Call for a suspicious vehicle, possibly smoking CDS. Is that a race element and not allow you to do a PC search? No. And I explained this in the class that I gave today. Unforeseeable and spontaneous, the only time you lose that is when you have a detective who is speaking with a confidential informant who has developed through a reliable source as their confidential informant that maybe Paul Jones is driving down Route 1 with 500 bags of heroin in his trunk. The police are going to affect that stop. If they can't get consent and they get a dog hit on the car, they have to then get a search warrant. That's the not, you have previous knowledge. Somebody calling in a CDS is not going to be one of those things. Let's take, let's even go back to a shoplifter, right? And we talked about this before. You get called to a shoplifting just because it was reported as shoplifting. And, you know, it doesn't mean it changes unforeseeable and spontaneous. You didn't know you were going to get that call. You don't have previous intel that those people are going to be uh, there at the time when you showed up. So show up, you're watching on video how they're taking items from the Home Depot out to their car and putting them in their car. And you're watching this on video. Does that allow you to go into their car and search for stolen items? Yeah, it's still unforeseeable and spontaneous. You wouldn't need a search warrant under those circumstances. However, if you were a detective and you were following a group of retail theft shoplifters, and maybe somebody in that group was giving you information like, hey, we're going to be at Macy's tomorrow, sit there and watch, that changes the situation. A service call will not... Uh, change unforeseeable and spontaneous when there's no previous knowledge okay hopefully that answers your question john uh pete jr i've had this I, oh God. <laughs> um pete wrote i've had this rash oh wait wrong thread it's okay pete um probably a z-pack clear that up brother we've all been there how about the ability to search detain and gather information when called to hotel rooms let's say you don't smell weed or do that's a really vague question, so I'm going to ask that for tomorrow's video. Send me a message what you mean on that. Um, I don't know what the fuck you mean by – it's a very, very vague question. I would go probably a million different ways with that. Uh, Gary V. I like Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vincent, I like the hotel topic and, uh, and that you smell weed, but they won't answer door. Um, there's nothing you can do. Remember, you can't enter into a hotel room and somebody rents it has the same expectation of privacy that you would in a private residence. There is no such thing as a uh, as a as an exigent circumstance minus for anything that's a DP. So if you didn't have exigent circumstances, you wouldn't be able to kick in a door for a CDS smoking marijuana in progress if it wasn't an indictable offense. Or for the people who are watching out of state, uh, probably applies the same way for a felony. So New Jersey, it's DP versus crime and non-crimes. And so for a felony possession. So, for example, you go to a house, you get a CDS in progress, call people are smoking weed. You can't just kick the door in because they're smoking a joint upstairs and you can smell it. 
If you go to that same house and you look through the window and you see a marijuana grow going on and the guy sees you and now starts destroying the marijuana grow, which you believe is an indictable offense, different. Uh, you know, or you go to that house and you smell CDS and then you see a guy now taking a gun out, different. Like it's different. It's got to be an indictable and something more serious than a DP. So that would be the answer. Hopefully that kind of answered your question, Pete, as well. Uh, Ian wrote, when is my dad finally coming back home from the store? Um, brother, I know you very personally and I have no surprises or I'm not surprised your father left because I would assume you'd be my son too. Brian uh, and DeYoung writes, as part of FTO, we are starting to do a DWI detail soon. Are there any tips on finding and speaking with drunk drivers? Any case law regarding DWIs? Yeah, there's case law regarding questioning. I don't know what you mean by that. There's a lot of case law regarding DWIs. There's state versus Ireland says you can search cars once you made an arrest for DWI and you found probable cause of intoxication. Um, that's Ireland, I-R-E-L-A-N. Um, there is also uh, the questions you're allowed to ask, how long you can hold somebody for DWI violation. If you're looking for tips on how to uh, spot a DWI, like there's no no offense to those guys who are big DWI officers, but like there's no craft to it. People speeding after 12 o'clock, like on a Friday night or a Saturday night, like you're going to get somebody drunk, like somebody swerving on the highway. There's really no craft or special procedure you need to be able to point out or pick out a DWI, like run radar. You'll run across somebody, everybody after 12 o'clock at night has been drinking at some point, especially in New Jersey, and driving. You'll get somebody. Um, you won't get me, brother. I promise you that because uh, old dead don't do the old sippity sip and drive drive anymore. Days are long gone. I skated through a lot of stuff where I'm thankful that I'm here. Don't be stupid, everybody, please. Uh, Morgan Scana, which obviously is not your real last name. Maybe it is. If it is, I feel terrible for you, my friend. Explain nighttime interdiction, working major route in my county right now. Hard to spot indicators at night, unlike the daytime. Uh, Morgan, my guess is you have not been to the two-day course. Um, I have. If you look, I did a video. It's kind of hard to go through because the, the Facebook Live, sometimes if I do it on the tablet, doesn't come out really great. We now have a full-time videographer working with Street Cop Training, so we have a lot of really good, crisp, clean content from classes that'll come out, and I'll it's a long topic to discuss. Um, what I can tell you, it's the same principles apply at night. If you're having trouble seeing into a car, um, you want to set yourself up in a place where people can spot you if the way you do interdiction is having a reaction to your presence. There are some people who do interdiction based on the fact that the car just may be trapped out. And a lot of people aren't good at that. So if you saw where I sat, uh, in the town that I worked in, it was in a well-lit area. As you came around the bend on Route 1 southbound, you would spot my car. At that point, a lot of things would happen with that car. And as they passed me, even though I had a well-lit area, I would have my takedown spotlight and high beams on so I could see in the car. And people were like, well, we're not allowed to do that. It sounds like racial profiling. Like, However your spineless administration wants to bow down to that is total horseshit. Um, but you can play it off like, hey, I'm doing seatbelt checks tonight. Like, that's what it is. Nobody's racial profiling, folks. Like, this is not what I teach. It's ridiculous to even ever, somebody to even accuse you of it. We know it doesn't exist. It's completely asinine. I'm talking about being able to see people's reaction to your presence in, when they pass you. You're looking for things like nervous looks, white hand grooming, people going like this when they pass you, slight and subtle. You can't see this in the dark. Um, there's a lot to go into that. That's just some small basic tips that I maybe can help you out. Okay. 
Uh, so, dude, if you want to see more, man, I'm sorry. I don't know if you're from the area, from Jersey. Try to get to the two-day class. Even for the guys who are not in the area, we are now, obviously, going to Hobart, Indiana, February 26th and 27th. You're in that area. Uh, it's an hour south of Chicago. I'll be there. Like, people are coming in from out of state. I'm expanding to different parts of the country. We are now moving this program all over the, all over the country, which is great. So everybody get this uh, training. The guys uh, in South Dakota who just took this class, Watertown, they found an extreme amount of value. It all translates well. Guys are like, oh, how do you, how's your case law translate? It doesn't. But all the rest of the shit that I teach translates really nicely. Got a call from a guy yesterday who was really excited to let me know that my stuff really works. I get that call all the time. Great, man. I'm glad you found value in it. Um, I got one from uh, Kevin here. Hey, man, would you be able to quickly discuss instances where you have clear-cut PC for a search simulator when you have odor of marijuana, i.e. needle caps in plain view, stolen vehicle? Uh, well, stolen vehicle, obviously, you're going to have probable cause to search because there's no right to privacy in a stolen vehicle. I understand every situation varies, but looking for instances where you would 100% have PC to search a vehicle. Okay, so there's another case that came out where they were investigating an arson. They pull a car over. The guy's a suspect, and it smells like gasoline. That's PC to search because you're investigating an arson, so it's going to tie into what your investigation is. Um, you pull a car over, and you have a convicted felon in the car, and there's a shell casing on the floor. Inherent PC. Uh, a needle cap may be PC to search if you're dealing with a somebody who has now admitted that they are a known narcotic or heroin abuser versus you have some dude pulled over on the side of the road who has an actual diabetic. That would be different. And you just have to know how to interview and the questions to ask on the side of the road that are going to help you determine what you have in the car. Now, if you pulled over a cop and there was a shell casing on the floor who was coming home from the range, that would make sense. Or you had a guy who was coming home from hunting and he's got a fucking orange hat on and an orange vest and he's wearing camo gear and there's a deer strapped to the hood. A shell casing in that circumstance can be very different than a shell casing in a car that had reactions to your presence that you have uh, determined to be a, probably a car that's up to no good or engaged in criminal activity or about to engage or just got done being engaged in criminal activity. And you're finding a shell casing. So there's a lot of things. If you have the circumstances, that could inherently be probable cause. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Each situation will be very different. Don't get hung up on the reasonable suspicion. Get good at your job and always ask for consent. Like I always tell guys, always ask for consent. It never hurts to ask for consent. I'm not going to, you've heard what my theories are on it before. And that's, that's my theories on it. Um, I think we have one more. Let's see what we got here. Tyler writes in question about hindering. You have a passenger who isn't required to provide you his ID or his name. You ask anyway, and he gives you his name. You later find out that he lied and has warrants. Is it still considered hindering because he hindered his own arrest warrants? Even though it wasn't required to provide his ID at the time of the contact, yes, you can now charge with hindering apprehension because there was an underlying offense that he was hiding from not being an asshole. So let's say you find out who he was later on, send him a summons in the mail or call and get a warrant. You know, like if the guy's got existing warrants, you can't put him on a summons. You're going to have to call a judge and say, hey, judge, we had this. This is the circumstances. The guy got away. Um, we know who he is now. And... Uh, and we'll need bail on him, and you'll set a bail. And again, I'm not working under the Bail Reform Act. If anybody has any more questions for me, feel free to write in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave the post up where you can put your suggestions on it or things you need answered. I know a lot of people now. We have 6.4,000 members in the group. A lot of questions coming in. Hopefully, these videos, guys. If you're gonna ask them, if you want me to have a phone call with you, we'll keep it anonymous. It's really cool for guys to hear you actually asking the questions, and we'll just keep it very anonymous, guys. Look, uh, if you're embarrassed. I'm not going to put you in a weird position, but 
it'd be great to have some phone calls. Uh, we're kind of figuring out a schedule how we're going to do this. But hopefully you guys got some good value from this. Um, streetcoptraining.com for the courses that are coming up. And I always say that because guys are constantly asking me like, oh, when's the next training? Bergen County will be up there for uh, come up in January. Bergen the 16th and 17th. Um, Bergen County Police Academy, the Hall of Heroes, two-day course. Um, we'll be at Morris. On, we got 114 guys right now for 1120, 1120 at Morris. Monmouth County, know that we are capping out. It's 1128-29. We are three weeks away. We will be capping out on that number probably around 80. There's 61 now. So don't think it, it's not going to fill up that fast. If you're looking to get in, I don't come back to Monmouth till March. So if you're looking to get into that class before March and you don't want to travel, pay attention. Streetcoptraining.com courses section. If you're looking for case law, we have a case law section in that as well. Guys, anything I can do for you, you can reach out to me anytime. If I don't get to you right away, I will get back to you. And anybody who is part of this group can attest to that. Have a great night.